weeks away from Halloween, right? I know when I was, when I was a kid, when I was their age, like, I remember, man, this is the time of year where, like, we're getting fired up for the holiday season. Like, like I used to look at it as, man, Halloween just means, like, we, I, I'm looking forward to the holiday season. I'm working my way through the next couple of months, and I know where we're pointing to. Christmas, right? Because I remember, like, Halloween was kind of like, it was like the excitement for something, but it was like one night, and that's good, right? Like, that's all right. Thanksgiving was great because it was like, I get to eat a lot. And no one can get mad at me. It was fantastic. And then, like, all the Christmas songs would start. Now they start in, like, April. But we're going to now get to talk about that. Like, like I remember, like, I, that was how my, I would get amped up and ready for Christmas. Was when the holiday season would start. Man, Halloween meant that Christmas was only two months away. Thanksgiving meant that Christmas was only one month away. And then it's Christmas time. And it's time to get some stuff. And I'm excited. I don't know about y'all, but like for me, I used to, I, I remember Christmas season started, like Christmas, I really started like figuring out my list and like getting all my, like kind of figuring out exactly what I was going to ask Santa for and everything. That happened whenever I saw the JCPenney's catalog come in. <laughs> if, you, if you're of another age demographic, think of like a wish list and Black Friday or a Cyber Monday, like that's, that's it, right? Like, like. The JCPenney's catalog, though, was, it was wish list for, for a kid in the 80s. Like, it was amazing. You sit down and, like, you get the catalog you're going through, and instead of, like, add to list and then passively just pass that on to mom and dad, no, no, no. It was, it was you fold the page, right? <laughs> Make sure we, it, we ignore the whole front half because that was, like, home ec and clothes, and you just get straight to the toys. Like, that was what we were talking about, right? Well, I remember this anticipation building up every year I remember thinking, I was consumed with the idea of getting gifts for Christmas. But we had one rule in my house when it came to getting gifts. My mom made sure to hammer this into us every year. I don't care if you like it. Smile and say thank you. I don't care what it is. What, I don't care if it's the ugliest thing you've ever seen in your life. I don't care if you don't know what it is. Smile, say thank you. That was the two rules, right? Smile, say thank you. The couple of times I didn't smile and th say thank you, I think mom yelled at me until I smiled and said thank you to her for yelling at me. Like, it was, it was fun. Every time I think of this, though, like this bad gift receiving, I, the, the, the image that comes to my mind is the Christmas story. When Ralphie gets the package from his aunt, and it's a, it's a bunny costume that's supposed to be pajamas and like they make him go put it on and you see like this lack of gratitude because man I don't want this thing right <laughs> but you're gonna smile and say thank you that was that was our big thing today in our gospel this theme of gratitude is all over the place it's in our gospel it's in our first reading in our readings today this 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 theme of gratitude is there and it's thick and it's not just gratitude for something that's a, a Christmas gift or something that you find in a catalog or on Amazon or, or bunny pajamas, right? Like, the gratitude we're talking about is gratitude before God for what he's done. And what they do is, in both of the readings, both the first reading and the gospel today, they make a point to use healing from leprosy as the thing to be grateful for. Now, if we're going to be grateful, there's three things that have to happen. 
If we're going to be grateful, there's three things that everybody that's grateful has to do. The first thing that has to happen if you're going to be grateful is you got to get something. We have to receive something to be grateful for, right? The second thing we have to do is be thankful for what we received. And the third thing that we have to do is we have to put the thing we received to use. So to be grateful, let's recap. You have to receive something. You have to be thankful for what you received. And then we have to put that thing to use. Today in, all, in, in our readings, we hear these three things. If we're going to be truly grateful. Ralphie is not truly grateful for the bunny pajamas. Because quite honestly, he gets something, yeah. He ain't thankful for what he received. And he certainly ain't going to put it to use. Right? In our readings today, we hear about being thankful, about, about receiving something, being thankful, and putting it to use. This is what we hear in both of our readings. So the first reading, we need a little bit of context because we might not catch exactly what's going on here. We, we meet up with this guy, Naaman. Right? Naaman is an, an Assyrian general in the army. So he is a, he is a rival of the Jews. He's not a Jewish person. He never wants to be a Jewish person. He actually, like, they got some history between them and the, and the Jews where they went in and kicked people out of Israel, kicked them out of Jerusalem. Like, this is a rival of the Jews. There's a sense of hatred between these two people. But Naaman has leprosy. He contracts leprosy some way. And he's desperate. He's looking for a way. Because leprosy in the old, in the, in the old time was seen as a punishment from God. It was seen as you're unclean. It was seen as kind of wearing your sin on your skin. So Naaman is desperate to be healed. He even reaches out to the king of Israel. He even reaches out to the Jewish king and says, how can I be healed of this? Can you help me? The, Israel king, the Israelite king says, the only person that can heal leprosy is God. Also in the Old Testament. But Naaman has this, this slave girl that lives with him who's Jewish. And she says, there's this prophet, Elisha. And this prophet can heal you. This prophet is known to do miraculous works, all kind of great things. Maybe this prophet can heal you. So Naaman, go and see that prophet. So he decides, I'm going to go and see the prophet. So he leaves the kingdom of Assyria. He leaves being this up, this, this high kind of society, kind of living, living big kind of guy. And he goes to this little podunk town to go visit this prophet. When he gets there, the prophet doesn't come out to see him. The prophet sends out an aide. He sends out basically an altar server of sorts and says, hey, look, the prophet says if you want to be healed, Go wash yourself in the Jordan seven times. Naaman's a little bit proud. He's from a big place. He says, wait, wait, wait. This doesn't make sense. I come from a land, from an, a kingdom that has great rivers and great lakes and like all these massive things. And you want me to go wash myself in the equivalents of a ditch? If you want to put it in context, imagine somebody from New Orleans 
They're coming from New Orleans. They're in the, they, they might be in a high society. Their last name might be something like Benson or Landrew, right? Like, they come, they, they have a skin disease. They come to a little town called Raceland. And they say, whoa, 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 you're telling me to go wash myself and buy you Lafouche, but I ain't doing that because it's a ditch compared to the Mississippi or compared to Lake Pontchartrain. So just so we can have context, right? So Naaman is looking and saying, no, 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 why am I going to go wash myself in the Jordan? It's a ditch. And he looks at him and he has a doubt about him. He has a doubt. He, he questions if this is actually what the prophet, what the, what the word of the Lord is telling him to do. He steps out, goes to wash himself, and he's healed. He has to step beyond his pride. He has to step behind his own doubt to see if, and let God act so that he can receive something. Once he receives something, he's thankful for it. He runs to the he runs to the, the, the prophet and he says, I can't believe this actually worked. And then he puts to use this new faith that he's received. And he recognizes the God of Israel as the only real God. So we see it. We see, great, we see a gratefulness, gratitude build up in Naaman. If we look at our, if we look at our gospel today, again with leprosy, Again, we hear, we see Jesus is walking through this town. And there are these ten lepers at the front of the town. And they're calling out to Him from afar. They're yelling out to Him, Jesus of Nazareth, heal us. Now we as Catholics, we now 2,000 years later may not catch the, what's going on here. When a, when a leper would be near people, a leper's responsibility, a leper had to, by the law, stand up and yell, unclean, unclean, as to warn people to not come near them to not contract the disease. But instead of standing up and yelling, unclean, unclean, this, these lepers know where to go with their uncleanness. They know what to do. They're recognizing Jesus as God and saying, God, heal me. Jesus, heal us. Because we are unclean. They have the threefold gratitude. Or they have, they have the sense of gratitude. They receive something. Jesus tells them, what I want you to do is, I want you to take yourselves and go show yourself to the priest. Go be judged. Go be recognized as being clean. And on the way, they receive the healing they desire. They receive something. The thing is, is the next step, only one returned to thank God for the healing. Only one comes back to God, comes to recognize God as the source of their healing. Only one comes back to Jesus and falls at His feet and thanks Him. And then, He goes with this new faith, this new life that's been given to Him and puts it to use. As Jesus sends Him out and says, your faith has saved you, go. Both of these images are showing leprosy as a healing. Both of these images show leprosy as a kind of hopeless situation. Both of these stories have leprosy as something that has, that healing from leprosy has to be something that's received, that's thanked for, and then whatever's received is put to use. So the question that I have for us today, 
All of that is background for the question that I have for us today, very simply, what in your life is your leprosy? What in your life is causing decay, is causing death, is causing uncleanness in your heart and in mine? I think it's a fair question for all of us to look at today. What is it that I struggle with? What empty well do I continue to go back to? What place, what sin am I comfortable with in my life? But in reality, it's just eating away at me. What's your leprosy? Where is it that you need God to heal you? Is it maybe the, on your way home from work, that phone call that you know you're going to make every day to that person to talk, to ev- talk about everybody else at work? Is it maybe, is it maybe in your family, maybe your brothers and your sisters, maybe a little bit of infighting? A rivalry, a battle, a struggle, some forgiveness that has to be had, something that's in your family, that no matter how much I ignore it, it's still there and it still festers? Is it maybe one of those sins, one of those kind of, one of those private things that nobody else really knows about, but I keep it to myself? And nobody has to know about it because I'm not hurting anybody else. I'm only looking at it for me and for my, my sake. But I keep going back to that empty well over and over. And it hurts the relationships in my life. See, God, the reality is, is that God wants to heal us all of our leprosy. God wants to offer the same healing that he offered to those ten in the gospel And Naaman, in the Old Testament, God wants to offer the same healing of our leprosy that he offered so many years ago to them, to us today. And it doesn't matter how long this thing's festered. It doesn't matter how long this wound or this decay has been in your life. God wants to help you, give you the grace to weed it out today. The reality is, is that in the, in the church, we have a lot of sacraments of healing. Our baptism, we, well, sin is wiped away. Original sin is wiped away. On our deathbed, God willing, the anointing of the sick, sin is wiped away. But the ordinary means that we have to receive God's forgiveness is right before us every day in the confessional. My favorite thing as a priest to hear, when I walk into a confessional, one of my favorite things to hear because the person's coming back and come and seek God's mercy and come and seek God's healing is when I hear somebody say, bless me, Father, five sin. It's been 40 years since my last confession. Praise God. Welcome back. Because the reality is, is that God wants to heal you and I, whether it's been 40 years or 40 minutes, God still wants His grace to reign in your life. He wants to be the source of healing in your life for every sin that you have. For every struggle that you have, for every imperfection you have, whatever leprosy that might show up in your life, God wants to be the fount of healing for that. Beautiful thing is, in the Old Testament, in Naaman's story, there's this challenge that happens to Naaman. Where the, where the slave basically says, hey, 
You know, if God was asking you to do something difficult, if God was asking you to do some kind of big event, big thing, go fight a war, go fight a battle, all these things, you would do it and not ask a question. But God is simply asking you to go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan. How many times, if, we, if God was really asking us to do any kind of great thing to have our sins forgiven, any kind of big thing, give money, sacrifice something, not eat something, whatever it was, like if, if God was asking us to do that, well, man, you know what? I would do that. But when it comes to just walking into the box and going, see the priest, who I don't know. God makes his presence, he makes his forgiveness readily available for all of us. He makes his mercy readily available for all of us. And all he asks us to do is to be gracious. Come, receive it. Come, open yourself up. Receive His mercy. Receive everything that He wants to do, His healing to your leprosy and mine. The second step, right, of, of, of being gracious. When we come to the Eucharist, when we come to this celebration of the Eucharist, the word Eucharist means thanksgiving. We receive something. We give thanks for it. Today, our very presence here at this Mass is a thanksgiving before God. It's a recognition before God of every good thing He's done in our life. And He's done amazing things, but He wants to do more. And then finally, the faith that we, the faith that we profess, the faith that we receive, the faith that we strengthen, and the mercy that we have, we're then called to go out and put it to use. We're sent from every sacrament. We're sent from every Mass. The last words, go out and announce the Gospel of the Lord. Go share what you have received with the world around you. This is what God is calling us to. He wants to see every one of us as gracious, as healed, as restored, as members of His body. Healed and pure. No leprosy available. No, no leprosy attached. May the Lord bless all of us. May the Lord be with all of us. May He restore and heal all of us. May we all be ones who are able, Christians who are able to receive His mercy. To offer thanks to God for it. And to put it to good use. Ultimately, may we all be gracious before our Heavenly Father.